this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode former pakistani prime minister imran khan was shot in the shin even as one of his party workers was killed as a gunman opened fire at a container carrying the pakistan tehreek e insaf senior leadership Imran who has been leading a long march demanding fresh elections and an end to the army's political role underwent surgery in Lahore but is said to be fine speaking after the incident a senior PTI leader Asad Umar directly blamed prime minister Shahbaz Sharif interior minister Rana Sanaullah and a major general in the ISI directorate Faisal Naseer for the assassination bit so what happens now in Pakistan Will Sharif Junior's government survive, or will Pakistan have fresh elections? To discuss these issues, I'm joined from London by Owen Bennett Jones, former Islamabad correspondent of the BBC, who has just returned from Pakistan after a visit. Welcome to the In Focus podcast, Owen. Thank you very much. Hello to you. So, Owen, what do you make of these dramatic developments in Pakistan? Well, maybe worth just giving a bit of the immediate background. Imran Khan was uh, holding a march, which was going from Lahore to Islamabad, and it was on its uh, penultimate day. So it was due to arrive in Islamabad about twenty-four hours after uh, the incident in which he was shot, and you know tensions had been ratcheting up because his rhetoric was uh, very anti-government, of course, but also anti-army, and politicians have done that before. But the new thing. in this situation was that some of his followers were echoing his anti-army slogans and speeches and so on in public without fear of reprisal this is new it has concerned the military authorities so there was quite a lot of tension in the air before it happened so on what is your sense you've been a pakistan watcher for long i mean uh, do you think this is really going to give a fillip to imran khan's movement which as you said he's been ratcheting up the tension you know he has a particular narrative uh, you know against the united states and the army so you think that's going to uh, you know give him a boost now this incident yeah i'd have thought so i mean he you know the fact is when he was in government he like every other pakistani prime minister was not able to deliver the system is not capable of implementing policy the challenges are so great that it is impossible for any prime minister to satisfy the electorate it just never happens and as ever in his prime ministerial term he ran out of popularity and by the time he was kicked out in a no confidence motion he was really at quite a low ebb but another aspect of pakistani politics that keeps happening and happening again is that once you're kicked out of power you can play the political martyr and rebuild support which he did very very effectively he was running up and down the country giving speeches and getting very significant numbers of people to listen to him so he was on a wave of popularity after the unpopularity of his government and this incident will play completely into his hands in terms of he said he was a martyr to the americans to the army kicked out of power and now he can say that the deep state the establishment is trying to kill him too and and what's your sense i mean uh, you know we've seen uh, the blame game begin and uh, you know quite a senior uh, pti leader and former minister asad umar has directly pointed the finger not just at shahbaz sharif and rana sanaullah but interestingly he's named a particular major general in the isi directorate i think that's interesting and you know you can gauge the courage of 
these PTI leaders, some of them will restrict themselves to blaming the civilian government and a few will blame the army and then in this case the ISI and more than that a named ISI officer. So that's you know, quite a strong thing for him to have said. And we'll see what happens to him as a result and whether others follow. I mean, if you remember when Hamid Mir, the Pakistani journalist, when there was an attempt to kill him as he left the airport in Karachi going home to his office one time a few years ago, his brother went on TV, on GOTV, and accused the ISI of involvement. And there were massive consequences. And basically, the brother has never, he was a journalist, has never been able to print anything since. And yeah, you know, Geo was TV channel was you know, really heavily constrained after that. The army went for it. So at that time, mentioning the ISI as a possible uh, having possible involvement in an incident like this was a complete red line. And we'll see whether they're able to enforce that red line now. Because as I say, there has been increasing public criticism of the deep state, of the army, of the ISI. And uh, here we have, I think he's a former finance minister, isn't he, saying this out in public, naming an ISI officer. We'll see what happens. And what's your sense when, you know, the respected Pakistani paper, uh, Dawn in an editorial says that uh, Pakistan has narrowly avoided a grave tragedy thanks to sheer good luck and the quick thinking of one courageous bystander. And, you know, it goes on to add that, uh, you know, it is... uh, uh, the kind of risks that Imran has taken, apparently he's not using any bulletproof shield, he's not wearing any protective covering. Isn't that rather foolhardy, given you know what we know about Pakistan? Well, you can say it's foolhardy, or you can just say it's it's admirably brave. You know, I mean, Benazir Bhutto had many faults, but she was astonishingly courageous. And these Pakistani politicians do have to go and meet the public. It's part of the, the deal, that you can't do it from your drawing room. If you want to get involved in electoral politics in Pakistan, you go out and you try and win support on the ground in mass rallies. That's how it works. And they accept it. And, you know, the the security arrangements are are never good enough. And they know that and they accept the risk of doing it. So, I mean, you could say he should have protected himself better. But, you know, Benazir Bhutto, her own party did try to protect her, you know, quite thoroughly. I mean, they did give her vehicles and all the rest of it, but it doesn't work. And I think they just take a rather fatalistic approach that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So to return to Imran's, uh, you know, the attempted assassination, uh, you know, it, it seems clear, as you pointed out, you know, there, there were roughly 24 hours to go before he reached Islamabad. So the timing of this incident, I think, will sort of, uh, you know, give some more grist to the conspiracy mills in Pakistan, won't it? Well, you don't need any grist. <laughs> Everyone immediately... You know, resorts to conspiracy theories for everything, never mind something as big as this. So, you know, the fact is that the the moment that shot was fired, a number of things were always going to happen. One, everyone would say that it was a put-up job, that you know, Imran did it to himself. Two, that the army did it, the ISI did it. Three, that the guy they've captured is not the real guy. Four, there were people up in trees and on roofs sniping at him. All this stuff comes up every time. And we can. There's a fifth thing we know. We'll we'll never work it out. You know, it, it'll get confused. It'll get complicated. Competing narratives. No authoritative investigation, and we'll never know what happened. So, what's your sense? You, you know, you just come back. Uh, uh, you know, from a visit uh, to Pakistan, 
and and you you know seem to have picked up the sense that uh, the criticism against the army led by the PTI and as you pointed out there are costs always involved in it so what has changed in pakistan that such you know very uh, you know uh, very strong criticism of the army its role uh, often identifying people by name so so what's changed in a sense in pakistan well i think it's imran you know he he's i mean you know now sharif tried this he was critical of the army. He did it from London, and the party paid a heavy price until his brother made up. So it's not as if Imran's the first person to do it, but he is more outspoken. He's more critical, very rude about some of the army leaders, and he's charismatic, and he's doing it in Pakistan, and he's getting mass rallies to listen to. He's getting significant numbers of people to listen to him and even to copy him. So what's new, I think, is his anger at having been kicked out of power and his reaction in terms of being prepared to take on the military and their worry that his support is so significant that if they move against him, it won't work for them. So we know that uh, you know, Imran will uh, you know, make a public address um, uh, in, in some time. But what is your sense? I mean, uh, naming a serving major general of the ISI as being responsible for the assassination attempt. He's not blaming the army as a whole yet. He's not blaming the chief. Neither is he blaming the ISI chief. But he's blaming a junior in the ISI. What's what's the significance of that, Owen? Well, we don't know that he signed off on that comment from the former finance minister. So we're not sure that he will do that. But he may. And he, he, he may go further and name some of those um, ISI chief, army chief, who knows? I mean... You know, if he's going to get back into power, the, the, the understanding has always been in Pakistan. If you want to get into power, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to make it up with the army. And that's what the Sharifs have done, it's what the Bhutos have done, and they're in power again. So it's not like you can't be critical of the army, but if you want to get back in, you've got to make up. Is Imran that man? I don't know. I mean, he is an extraordinary person. I mean, and he is very, very stubborn. And there are many people who say, look, if the army turned around and said, okay, Imran, fair enough, you've got lots of support, we'll, we'll accept you having a, another term as prime minister, then he would immediately turn around and say, okay, we love the army, the army's great, nothing to worry about here, uh, it was a random guy who shot me, and you know, just completely swing behind the army again. And he is a very ambitious man. But you don't think that border sailed, in a sense, for Imran? No. No, not really. I think you can always make up. <laughs> and they want a way out. Don't forget, the army are faced with this very unpleasant situation for them where they're being openly and publicly criticized. They don't like it. And if uh, Imran could help them stop it, they'd probably just go, fine, let's do that. But what's your sense? I mean, you know, we also had this um, disqualification of Imran Khan, uh, you know, as an MNA after he, he and his party won several seats. So what is your sense? I mean, is the is the other side of the game plan really to, uh, you know, make sure that he can't contest elections or his party is disbarred? I mean, is that the line uh, the deep state or the establishment is going to pursue? Or as you said, uh, they might just kiss and make up? Well, I don't think it's, I think it's possible to answer that because I don't think they know yet. You know, I don't, I don't think it's decided. So, you know, I imagine that Imran's rally in Islamabad, had this not happened, 
would have been quite, you know, there'd have been a lot of people, but they'd have, the, don't forget, the last time he did this, the army was with him. This time they would have been against him. So I was imagining he was going to come to Islamabad, he'd have a few tens of thousands of people, the police would be quite tough on them, they'd get bored, they'd stay a week or two, they'd need to get back to their jobs and their homes, and they'd go home. And it would just peter out. Now, who knows? He has a big case to make that he's a political martyr and that the deep state's trying to kill him. That's what he'll say. Whether he names people, whether he names institutions, I don't know. But yeah, will he say the government? Will he say the deep state? Will he say the army? Will he say the ISI? Will he name officers? All that's unclear yet. But whatever that, however far he's prepared to go, he will. it's a good pitch. And he will, I think, now attract more people. Now, that means we're in uncharted territory. This is a demonstration which the army doesn't want in the capital. Are they going to go and break it up physically? Are they going to have to tolerate it? Uh, will they try and find a deal? I mean, the whole culture of Pakistani politics is basically you try and find a deal. Uh, so I imagine he's putting himself in a stronger position than he was you know, three or four days ago, and he'll try and exploit it. And what impact will it have on the, you know, on Nawaz Sharif's party and on the PPP? Well, they're in power. They will be holding on for elections next year. And as each week goes by, yeah, the possibility of those elections happening on time next year increases, you know, that there won't be early elections like Imran wants. But the point is, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference now. We're only talking a difference of a few months. So if it happens you know, let's say next autumn, those elections that are scheduled happen next autumn. I mean, at the moment, I think the PPP and the PMLN would be quite worried. And don't forget, when we get to that election, what the army would want is that there's no party with an overall majority and that they are in a position to manipulate the politicians uh, saying we can get you into power and coalition with this one or that one and pay, play the role of power broker and maintain their influence that way. That's what the army will want. And it's possible that's pretty much how it will work out, that the PPP would do well in Sindh, PMLN will do you know, pretty well with its traditional vote bank, Imran will do well, and that, but not well enough to have an overall majority. That's possible. And in that case, we're back to politics as normal, really, in Pakistan, where the army is behind the scenes uh, manipulating things. A one factor worth bearing in mind is that it's getting harder to fix the results. I mean, not impossible. And they can definitely do stuff, the deep state can do stuff in terms of preventing certain candidates from standing and you know, disqualifying them before the vote and all, all those sort of dirty tricks. But actually changing the numbers isn't as easy as it used to be because basically the media is there, the internet's there, people know what the results were in local polling stations, publish them. So, so it's not quite as easy as it was to get the completely desired outcome. So what's your sense, you know, uh, you know, the people you met, uh, you know, in during your recent visit to Pakistan? I mean, Imran is quite a divisive figure in Pakistani politics. A lot of people love him and the numbers seem to grow. But there are also a number of people who are very critical of him and his style of functioning. What's the sense you got when you spoke to people in Pakistan about Imran? Look, he's, he's turned himself into a nationalist, Islamist politician. And, you know, to some extent, that reflects Pakistani public opinion. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are proud Pakistanis and very religious. So to that extent, he's hitting some big themes. But there is the liberal elite who despise him and think that he's, 
they just don't admire him. They they don't like his lifestyle. They think he's hypocritical, and they think he's not a real Democrat. You know, so there are lots of things that the liberal elite don't like about him, but. They're confused. I mean, everyone's confused at the moment. Emran is confusing everyone because even even the liberal elite are thinking, well, this is the only guy who can take on the army, something we've been trying to do for 70 years and not managed to do. So there is, you know, there, there is a sort of slightly unclear thinking there. And many of the military are nationalist Islamists, particularly in the lower ranks. So there's confusion there. They're thinking, he's our guy. The sort of language he's using is the sort of language we like. So, yeah, on a lot of fronts, Imran, through sheer force of personality and his political positioning, is confusing people. So before I let you go, and, you know, something which you said uh, earlier in our conversation, that, you know, you kiss and you make up. But Imran possibly is the politician who has shown that he has the guts to take on the Pakistan army. So, as you say, you know, Traditional Pakistani politics has been such that, you know, you arrive at a degree of accommodation with the deep state and you govern for whatever time you can. But in this case, don't you think Imran has a real opportunity to show the army its place, you know, which is in the barracks and actually become prime minister on his own steam? Uh, I think he has that opportunity. Yes, I do. If you really ask me what I think he'll do, I think he'd do the deal. I mean, I think I think his... He is an ambitious guy, and I think more than anything, he'd he'd like to get back into into power, thinking he was unfairly robbed of it. Which you you know he, he can make a pretty good case for that. But you know, I don't know. I'm not inside his head. Taking on the army is scary, and he should know that now. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, who knows who did this? We don't know. We don't know who did this. But he will be nervous of long running open confrontation. So yeah, I agree. That's one way of looking at Pakistani politics just now is to say. Which way will he go? Do a deal or confront? Owen Bennett-Jones, we'll return to you for an answer to that question uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Thank you very much for talking to the Hindus in Focus podcast. You're very welcome. Nice to talk. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.